You're listening to Wake Up Tucson. This podcast is a Bustos Media production on The Voice. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Seven oh seven in the morning. You're on Wake Up Tucson. Uh, our good friend Mark Van Buren's here. Good morning, our movie guy, and of course he is the uh, director of guest operations and other things at then, Re- at Rito yeah. Racetrack. Oh, and, the plunger. Uh, he does it all over there. <laughs> That's right. And so last week we had Ben from Divine Bovine for Food Friday, and yeah. he whined a little bit. I d- I do because every time Ben comes, I'm not here. But I said, look, how do we make it better for Mark? So. We'd have a triple food Friday for you there today. There you go. Rock and roll. So we have our friend Raina here from Shish Kebab House. Good morning, young lady. Good morning, everyone. Mark, you're a big Shish Kebabber yourself. Oh, I love it. Uh, <laughs> every time we're on that side of the city, wherever, my wife always goes, we got to go to Shish Kebab House. Oh, Absolutely. thank you so much oh, for patronizing. Yeah, it's wonderful. What's your go-tos uh, over there? Baba Ganoush. <laughs> Baba Ganoush. <laughs> now, we, but we call it Motabal. Motabal. Motabal, the Palestinians and Jordanian, they call it Motabal. Okay. And I think in the Israelis too, they call it Motabal, but more like a Lebanese, Syria, they call it Baba Ganoush. Okay. Because the mul- yeah. uh, we were just talking about your bol- your multiball is the best eggplant spread. It I'm really gonna, is. I'm going to go big and bold here, at least in the entire state of Arizona. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> and it's not because I love <laughs> you. Because it really is. Thank you. Because the because there's it's just not the pureed eggplant. You're you're putting. A, I don't want to give away the, the trade oh, secrets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it has a texture and a flavor that just. Oh, it's a whole, we, we whole try. Level. We try to keep the same flavor, the same way. I learned how to do it with my mother-in-law. So. And you, yeah. so so shish kebab, you know, it's Mediterranean, but really it's Jordanian, it's right? It's Jordanian right. cuisine, right? Mainly Jordanian, yeah. What are some things in the world of the Jordanian cuisine that I would get at shish kebab that I wouldn't get at a other Mediterranean restaurant in Arizona? Oh my God, mensaf, <laughs> mensaf and maglube. Those are the traditional meals for the Jordanians. They do it in a big weddings and they go crazy, you know, making a lot of food. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm Italian. We know. Uh, we I recognize this. You know. You this. know. You know that. Uh, so explain those dishes. What are what 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 are the components of those dishes? Okay. So the mensa, what it is, is a Bedouin dish that they you know people in the desert they dry the camel milk. Uh-huh. They dry it. So it, what they do after a while, you know, they put it like for three days to get uh, liquefied, and then you blend it until it comes like a cream. Mm-hmm. And then you cook it for three hours with a lot of lamb. And it's one of their meals that they are so proud of it. Nobody wow. else does it. Jordanians, wow. yeah. Mm. What's the one that's like the mountain man dish? What's oh that? Oh, my God. That's... <laughs> Actually, we create that. <laughs> <laughs> I usually don't think of mountains in Jordan. But <laughs> no, no, they're in Bali, but no mountains. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the really good. What it is is um, it's chicken, and we cook it with, uh, you know, onions, uh, bell peppers, a lot of garlic, and then we add tomato sauce to the rice. And it's really delicious meal. Hmm. And this, it's similar to the capsa. Capsa is like a Saudi dish. But we do it too. Interesting. Yeah. This this is that the one that comes on the sizzling skillet kind of thing, or that's no? Different? That's the cheese kebab special that we do with a little bit hot sauce. Yeah. That's I'm, not, I'm I'm just I'm yeah. just uh, interested. What 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 is a typical Jordanian breakfast? What do they oh have when they God. get up? Typical Jordanian breakfast. You're gonna find full. 
It's a fava beans. Right. Actually, some part of Italian they eat full because I have some Italian people that just come for that. Sure. Oh, uh, interesting. I can't forget it from what part they told me that they are crazy. One day they had a like party and I had to make a big batch of food for them. They say we eat this in Northern Italian. Hmm. I forgot the city. Okay. But Very yeah, cool. they eat full falafel, hummus, the baba ganoush, and lepne. Lepne huh. is, uh, some people call it kafir. Okay. The Iranian, okay. they call it kafir. It's okay. good for your probiotic. It's good for your gut. Sure. Oh, yeah. so it's like yogurt. It's yeah. Like, yeah. It's yogurt. yeah. Okay. So okay. that's typical breakfast and some boiled eggs. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Or fry, yeah. They eat a lot of boiled eggs, fry eggs. It's funny know. how eggs always work their oh, way yeah. in. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Eggs are everywhere. <laughs> They're very cheap right now, too. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> you tell me about it. <laughs> Uh, the fool, the fool, the fool. Yeah, fava beans. Uh, is that on the menu right now? Yeah, it is. Oh, okay. Bean. okay. Yeah, you I've need never, to try. I've it. never had it. Yeah, it's really delicious. Yeah. Is it a hotter? lot of garlic though? Oh, um, that's right up my alley. <laughs> uh, is that um, is that cold or hot? It's hot. Okay. It's a hot uh, meal. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, I saw that your uh, the belly dancers are back. Is this oh true? yeah, we having tonight nice. and the 21st of the month twice a month we're gonna be you know having her okay yeah finally i convinced her being hustling different belly dance nobody wants to do it i said <laughs> no no we over that so finally one they say yeah i can keep doing it twice a month beautiful yeah. One time I was in Flagstaff, Arizona, and it was their Fourth of July parade, uh -huh. and literally they had the I, I, the Flagstaff Belly Dancing Club oh. or something like that. Yeah. And literally these ten women were belly dancing for three miles. Oh my! It was unbelievable. God. I was How like, cute. Wow. Yeah. That was nice to see. It. <laughs> we'll have to see if any of them want to drive down and uh, work at Shish Kebab on a Friday oh, night. Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what's hours of operations for Shishkabab? Okay, so from Monday through Friday through Saturday, we do 11 to 9. We cut, uh, you know, half an hour because now people by 8, you can feel yeah. it, start yeah. leaving, no more business. So, But we still uh, stay like on Monday through Friday until 9. Okay. And same thing Saturday. On Sunday, we do from 12 to 8 to, you know, 7 to 8 o'clock. Sure. Yeah, we start wrapping it up. Yeah. Well, you're still my favorite Mediterranean, Middle Eastern place. Oh, thank place you. Thank you, you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. You've done it all. You've do, you do it. Everything's from scratch. We've been there 30 years in August, so it's been quite a long ride. They're absolutely doing something right, right? You have 30 I, I, years in business? I was I was seducing her to move to, uh, somewhere north of Ina. Hey, I wish, I wish she would. Hey, I wish she would. Hey, yeah. you, you never know, you know? You never know. I, I have no one doing what you're doing anywhere north of River, really. Oh, my God. And so I'm just telling you, shish kebab, dose, it's coming up soon. Dose, yes. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, what are you, are you going to manage it, these Simone? So anyway, congratulations on 30 years. Oh, thank you so much. And thank we, you. We, we love what you do, and Mark's a huge fan, and, and a lot of the Wakeys are huge fans. So Yeah, thank you so much for yeah. patronizing the business. All right. Reina, you're the best. Love you. I love you, too. And you take care. <laughs> you, too. Thank you for having me. All right. Shish Kebab House. They're on Broadway right across from Park Place Mall between uh, on the north side of Broadway between Wilmot and Craycroft. And, um, again, 
it's 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 a winner. So none, another one of my favorite ladies in the restaurant world, Fatima from Inca's Peruvians, coming up next. You're on Wake Up Tucson, 10 third of the voice. All right. We're boogieing into the weekend here on Wake Up Tucson. Uh, Christy Simone, Mark Van Buren, and number two of our amazing Food Friday is our good friend Fatima from Inca's Peruvian, Colbin Sunrise. How are you doing, young lady? Good morning, Chris. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for having us this morning. I couldn't. I couldn't pick two of my favorite women who own restaurants than you and Reina on the same morning. So, oh. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, Inca's Peruvian. Uh, you're. Uh, you've had quite a ride in the last few years as a restaurant owner. You've dealt with the craziness of the last couple of years. Yes. But at the same time, you uh, were featured on Diners, Drive-ins, and Dives with Guy Fieri. And when I saw you for lunch uh, a few weeks ago, you were just coming off doing the Super Bowl event. Beautiful, yeah. We we had the privilege to be selected to participate in the tailgate uh, with Guy Fieri at Scottsdale. So, I mean, at Glendale, it was an amazing experience. We serve over maybe 10,000 people. Wow. <laughs> yes, yes. It was super, super busy. So, yeah. What a, what a way to expand your 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 brand to people not from all over the world that come for the Super Bowl, but also a lot of people from Arizona who may be taking the roadie down from other parts of the state to do Incas. Yes, it was a wonderful experience, uh, unique I will say because it was you know um, transport little Incas from Tucson into Glendale, and uh, I built up my tent in about um, eight hours. Wow. <laughs> How many dishes did you guys personally serve? Uh, the main dish, uh, the lomo saltado, which is the famous, you know, Guy Fieri's uh, dish. Uh, it's a tenderloin saute with red onions, parsley, tomatoes, we serve on top of fries and jasmine rice on the side. <laughs> so I repeat this phrase like uh, 10,000 ti- 10, times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so when people ask people who are total rookies who've never had Peruvian food, what do you tell them? What is what is what is the basic tenets, the building blocks of Peruvian cuisine? Peruvian cuisine has a lot of variety through the world. So we involve flavors from the four continents. But uh, if you ask me for something a staple from Peru, I brought today my ambassador, uh, ceviche, uh, pisco sour, lomo saltado, and ají de gallina, my favorite one, <laughs> seco de carne. So yeah, we, we are very... Um, you know, like always we have the same menu at Incas for over 13 years because we are very consistent. So there seems to be, you talk about the four continents, right? Mm-hmm. So one of them seems to be always, I, I, there seems to be an Asian influence yes. in Peruvian. Well, where do we see that in the food sometimes? If you uh, think in something, you know, like um, Mexico, Mexico, right. uh, fajitas, lomo saltado. Right. So... Tallarín Saltado is like an Asian, and I say, you know, involves the four continents of flavors from all over the world. So Indian, you know, spices, and mm-hmm. it's just uh, we made a great combination with pretty much every single ingredient. So uh, you brought us the, the, the ceviche mixto, mm-hmm. and it's a beautiful plate, and I'll put it pictures is. up later. But Mark was fascinated by the giant slices of corn. Yes, it's imported from Peru. You don't see here anywhere. I've never seen that before. And it tastes amazing, yeah. yeah. It looks great. Combination with the seafood and uh, the, 
jam, you know, the camote. <laughs> so <laughs> unusual to have, you know, sweet potato and corn and a seafood. But once you combine all those beauty, it tastes amazing. Well, it's a beautiful presentation. It really it is. It, yeah, the it really way is. you look at it here, that's the way we make it at Incas. Beautiful. You order and we made it fresh, as you saw me a few minutes ago. Mm-hmm. No, it's beautiful. And the shrimp are beautiful and... Yeah, we are we are blessed to have an amazing uh, seafood provided in town. What well, I've, I've, I've got to ask too, sure, because please. as long as I'm on the breakfast kick, what is a typical Peruvian breakfast? Ceviche mix, so it could be. Is it really? Oh yeah, yeah. ceviche. I mean, after hangover, you can have a ceviche. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. But uh, yeah, ceviche is one of those, and also empanadas. empanadas. We have in a in Inca's, uh, seasonal. Okay. Uh, tamales, you know, with cafecito, chicharrón de po- chicharrón de pollo, chicharrón de carne. So yeah, the, that's a variety of breakfast. Do eggs work their way into that at all? Do you? Of course. Yes. Always okay. on okay. the side. Okay. So, on the yeah, side. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like lomo saltado, yeah. they call lomo montado a la pobre okay. so you can have the lomo saltado and we made uh, uh, eggs on top beautiful mm-hmm. when nice. you talk about seasonal empanadas when do what what, what what's the typical ingredients in a, in a Peruvian empanada the typical ingredient different from any other empanada in the world is the type of the season that you use for the filling right. uh, which is the rocoto and the ají amarillo plays a whole role when you are making you know the beef to put it inside it's like like the tamal but the empanada you know right. different yes and the the um that uh amarilla that yellow chili pepper Yes, ají amarillo. That plays, that's in, inside the, with the meat? Uh, we use part of the, uh, part of the chili to have the season. And if you think like a Peruvian is so much encouraged into ajis, which is ají amarillo, rocoto, mm-hmm. ají limo, uh, those kind of ajis played a different role on the cuisine. Like, for example, the ají amarillo is a little bit flavor, uh, like fruity, spicy. Right. So you combine all those three, and it creates an amazing, different taste of every on every single dish of Peruvian cuisine. Mm-hmm. When I was there uh, with Herberto a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and uh, your amazing server—I forgot her name—she uh, was great. Uh, she brought us like this extra chili in a in a in a little side dish. Rocoto. That stuff. Yes. See, it's different. Yeah, yeah. It's a little bit spicy, but you feel like fruity flavor. I mean, it's like, this is not a regular chili. It has something that is it's natural from Peru. Yeah. So that's one of the unique, uh, you know, cuisines mm-hmm. from, from Peru. It's an amazing eclectic art. So you brought over, you brought up hangovers earlier, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> as this for a transition? Uh, you, you brought these two beautiful Pisco Sours. Oh, yes. Adios, Margaritas. Hola, Pisco Sour. <laughs> so yeah, Pisco, uh, Pisco does a uh, main um, liqueur from Peru. Okay. I will describe Pisco as a grappa, probably. It has a high volume of alcohol like tequila. Okay. But the difference between tequila and Pisco and grappa, Pisco is unique because it's made out of uh, distilled grapes. Gotcha. From okay. the vineyards in Peru. That's why Pisco is the best from Peru because of the, uh, you know, the, the temperature where the grapes are racing. So it's a beautiful vineyards. So how's the Peruvian wine scene? 
you know, for Peruvian wines. I, I drink a lot of Malbecs out of Chile, mm-hmm. right? I, 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 should I be jumping into some Peruvian wines? You should try it. Unfortunately, in Incas, we are not able to introduce any wine from Peru. Uh, the vendors in Arizona doesn't have license for wines. Uh, we are very lucky. We are blessed that we have the Pisco in <laughs> through a legal vendor. <laughs> and again, the, the presentation of the sour... That you that you brought us today. So you were so cute. You you said, "Oh, my pisco's unhappy. I need to give the finishing touch." Yes. Explain that finishing touch you put uh, on there. The little uh, bitter uh, drop. You can use uh, cinnamon instead, but in Inca, our signature is a little bitter. Mm-hmm. It helps because it blocks any anything any smell from the pisco, but it brings the pisco up. Love so it. It's, it's a it's a it's an amazing taste. I love it. All right. So Inca's is at the Bash's Shopping Center on Colburn Sunrise. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your hours of operations? Uh, we open uh, from 11.30 until 9 p.m. on the weekends, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. We open uh, until 8 during the weekdays. Are you still doing some live music on the patio once Oh, yes. It's beautiful, especially with this weather and Mm -hmm. the beautiful views and our patio. The plaza gets so much like, uh, you know, people just walking around and they wanted to stop and they ended in getting the canchita, which is our engagement ring. Once (laughs) you try the canchita, you belong to Incas. I love it. I love it. We're we're (laughs) having our happy hour there on May 3rd. I'm so excited. So block that out on your calendars. We will be on the patio of Inca's Peruvian on May 3rd for a heck of a Pisco Sour Party. So love what you do. Thank you. Keep up the good work. Thank you. So over 13 years in business. Thank you, Tucson. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, everybody, for your wonderful for your wonderful support. I'm so excited to be here again. 13 years. 13 years. Yeah, I just started in my 20s. I know. <laughs> All right, Inca's Peruvian. Give them a shot. They're amazing. Wake up Tucson, ten third of the voice. All right, the show is at hyperspeed right now at Wake Up Tucson. Uh, listener Noah, we were talking about how Glendale's changing the name of the town to Taylor Swift. What should Tucson change their name, right? <laughs> and so we had, uh, of course, uh, Gary Busey up there, Charlie Sheen, probably one A, and then uh, Noah says Bobcat Goldthwait. So there we go. See, we're getting some good suggestions. I got a call. Scott suggested Johnny Paycheck. So bear with me because they've uh, said take this job and shove it to a lot of people. Oh, yeah. they, they said take these jobs, all thousands of them. Yes. And, and uh, of course, he had some problems with uh, substances. So it's just uh, kind of in the wheelhouse. So good suggestion, Scott. You know, Chris, I know you were talking about the, the other day with IBM leaving Tucson. It was a big deal. Well, uh, that happened in other places as well. I, I was living in Boca Raton and... Uh, uh, what what uh, the state of Florida decided to do is they wanted to tax IBM on their components. And IBM says, I don't think that's a good idea. And they uh, they continued to do it. And then they picked up their whole complex. It was like 5,000 people working there. Wow. And uh, it was bad. Um, and they left. And so now if you go to uh, Florida Atlantic University in Boca Raton, uh, a good portion of their campus is IBM buildings. Yep. 
Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, it did happen, and they, and they didn't fool around because a big industry like that, they have a lot of states that are very welcoming to them and what have you, and other states, not so much. I really wish Boca Raton would just use the English equivalent of their name. Mouth yeah. of the Rat? Yeah. I think yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I think it loses its panache in English, but much like uh, many things do in English, so, you know. Charles Durning, you're, Ch- you're, you're pushing your uh, the, the, the character actors. Well, I right? mean, and then they've been in so many movies, and maybe you forgot that he was in these amazing movies. He was he was absolutely amazing, and his uh, his one of his monikers is King of the Character Actors. So, uh, just an amazing guy. Didn't get into movies until right around forty. So, another late bloomer, but did over two hundred eighteen roles in both TV and movies. Uh, pretty amazing guy. But what, when I started delving into him a little bit, it's amazing. Um, he, he was a war hero. I, I mean, did. he was at D-Day. He he gets off one of those transports. He said the he was the second guy off. The first guy got shot. This the third guy got shot and killed. And uh, he he made it out into the beach. And then uh, um um. Um, landmine blew up and he got shrapnel so he got his first purple heart there first purple heart I didn't know any of this uh, six months later after a rehab in France he comes back and he's face to face with a young German uh, infantryman and he, obviously a kid scared out of his mind and he couldn't bring himself to shoot the kid and the kid stabbed him with a bayonet so wow. so Durning had had dropped his rifle and he picked up a rock and he killed the guy. Wow. And uh yeah, think about that for a second. So then uh he gets his second purple heart with that. I mean, what an amazing individual. I I did not know. I that. know. That's I pretty know. awesome. I know. So when I look at his IMDb and it's funny when you look at some of his higher rated films, they're like big films that he was in. Big big films. Right. Yep. Uh did a lot of TV. Starting Evening off. Shade, you know, he's very good friends with Burt Reynolds. You know, but even in the early, when he started his acting career, you know, 50s through the 60s, he did a, a good amount of TV, and then it looked like when he got to the 70s is when he started doing movies yep. more yep. regularly. You know what? You know his biggest influence? He said the reason he got into business, show business, name the actor. Jimmy Stewart. You got the right first name. Uh, Jimmy Cagney. Absolutely. Love Jimmy Cagney. I can see so, that. Just an amazing guy. So, um, so uh, what's your what's number ten? Oh, I just want to say uh, a couple of quotes from him. Dancing came easy for me. Acting came hard. Wow. And then uh, I was in the business ten years before the actors began to notice me. Then it took another five years before agents and producers noticed me. Five years after that, the public found me, and five or six years later, the critics took note. So uh, he had a little bit of a sense of humor when he too. was sixty-eight. Yeah. So uh, amazing individual. But uh, my first one is Tough Guys. It was uh, I had to put this one on the list because of the two other actors that are in it. Uh, it starred uh, it starred uh, Burt Lancaster and Kirk Douglas, and Dana Carvey was in it as as well as Eli Wallach. And, uh, uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. So uh, Charles Durning plays a cop who busted these guys 30 years ago for a train robbery. So they come out and, uh, you know, Dana Carvey's their <laughs> probation officer and he say, you guys can't be together and all this, your bad influence on each other. Anyway, long story short, they, uh, they go back and they, they rob another train. <laughs> so and and it was kind of funny. The conductor goes, "Nobody robs trains anymore," and he goes, "But we do." <laughs> so what what a, what, a, what an amazing character name for that, Deke Yablonski. 
That's you love amazing. it, right? Nice Polish name, you know? So, yeah, exactly. That's called so. Tough Guys. Billy Barty was also in this movie. Wow. Yeah, so he's part of the gang. So, anyway, it was uh, it was an interesting movie. Uh, done in 1986, that was Tough Guys. The next one up is Queen of the Stardust Ballroom, and I remember seeing this in 1975. I was in high school, my senior year, and uh, he plays a uh, mailman who uh, is kindly lonely. Um, he, he basically, uh, he's a widow, and uh, he goes to this ballroom every week um, and tries to meet uh, women, and he isn't very <laughs> he isn't very successful in that regard. And then Maureen Stapleton recently becomes a widow, and she is uh, she's she's not very happy, and she's trying to rediscover herself. Anyway, long story short, they meet and they have a nice romance, and uh, it's a real tender story. I really really liked it a lot. It was eighty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So I was just looking through. Here's a movie, a TV movie that I never knew existed yep. until you made me look at Charles Durning's IMDb. Yeah. Sherlock Holmes in New York, okay, yeah. TV movie, <laughs> and it has Roger Moore as Sherlock Holmes. How about that? Patrick Mackney as Dr. Watson, right? Wow. And John Huston as Professor Moriarty. See, I would have made Patrick <laughs> McNee Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> hmm, interesting. So, and yeah. Charles Durning plays a New York uh, detective. Interesting. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> yep. Sorry. Uh, it's okay. Um... So, Sisters is the next one up. This is a horror film, and that's that's usually not my genre, but uh, it was done in 1972, 85% on Rotten Tomatoes, and it's the story of these uh, twins, and one is evil, and one is very nice. And, wow. Uh, it, uh, it's a horror film because there's a, there's a murder scene in it, and uh, it's uh, it's pretty horrific. <laughs> so, and Durning, Durning helps, is helping... Um, uh, this this reporter um, in in this movie uh, discover the truth about what happened at the murder. So Margot Kidder, Margot Kidder, yes, holy crap, she's the good sister. Ah, uh, I'm uh, looking at the trailer playing in the background, yeah. and, and it literally starts showing the the two babies in the womb kind oh, of thing. No, well, they're Siamese <laughs> twins, and they get separated, but one's evil and one's not. And I, I don't know if that ever works like that, but uh, <laughs> it works all the time like that. <laughs> Uh, let's do one more and we'll get Bunker on. Okay. Uh, number seven is The Hud Hudsucker Proxy. Oh, yeah. And this is a really interesting film. I think you would like it a lot. 79% on Rotten Tomatoes. And uh, uh, The Hudsucker Proxy is, is, is really about this guy who, um, who he wearing Hudsucker is played uh, by, by uh, Charles Durning, and he's the head of the company, but it's not doing so well. And, uh, and so... Um, uh, a character by the uh, Paul by who who was played by Paul Newman comes in and he wants to take over the company, but he's got to see the company really tank, and so he hires he hires uh, this uh, he hires Tim Robbins. You know, who, oh, he, right. who he thinks is an idiot, uh, basically to come in and you know tank the tank the company, just do his own thing, and he ends up inventing get a load of this the hula hoop. Oh, that's right. And it takes off, and it's just it's a it's a it's it's a fun movie. I really liked it a lot. Um, there and uh, and uh, Durning does something um, pretty amazing in this uh, movie, and I won't spoil it for you. So uh, and anyway, that's the Hunsucker Proxy done in 1994. Well, that's a good one. Uh, Seven forty-three in the morning. Let's go to Bunker. Bunker, welcome to Charles Durning Talk. 
well, it's Charles Darning Day. You know, <laughs> you, know you guys picked a tough one here. You know, he doesn't really have a heavy presence in Westerns. No. But his presence there is heavy. Uh, I want to start with, and this is a modern Western, and it's a musical, and I know you've got it on your list, the best little whorehouse in Texas. I sure do. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, you know, with Burt Reynolds, Dolly Parton, Dom DeLise, Jim Neighbors, and it's got a show-stopping number by uh, by Gurney that is just fantastic. Oh, it's fantastic, because he plays the governor, and it's called Sings a, a Dance a Little Sidestep. And you know how politicians, yeah. this goes right in with what you talk about all the time, Chris, where politicians won't answer a question. Right. So they keep asking yeah. the question, are you going to close this place down because it's illegal, it's illicit, it's all these things? And he's, he's always sidestepping. <laughs> it's very, very, very good. So this is this, this thing called the Whorehouse? Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know anything about those, but yeah. Well, it's, it's a, it, actually, they, they raise cats there. It's, I think, it's yeah. <laughs> well, and they eat chickens because it's a chicken ranch, so there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Chicken, chicken cats, dirty cats. Oh, I got to tell you, in this movie, though, if you want to see the worst toupee of all time, it's yeah, Dom, De- it's Dom DeLuise wearing a toupee. It's bad. Yeah, it's really bad. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's one of Bert's old ones. Yep. 1982. Yeah, and I've got next one, and this is just dear to my heart. Breakheart Pass, uh, directed by Tom Grise. Yakima Kanut did the second unit directing on it, and it was from an Alistair McLean novel. With Lucian Ballard as the cameraman, I mean, you're off, just technically you're off to a great, great start. But Durning, uh, he seems to play a lot of these shady political people, and that's he's kind of a crooked no it isn't kind of he is a crooked <laughs> that's exactly uh, right yeah. yeah yeah and and it's got one of the greatest all-time fights with uh, archie moore and bronson up on top of the train oh wow it's, just a, it's a great movie yeah. and if you love snow westerns it's, it was one of the top snow westerns and then for my number three i've got one i don't you might it might make your list it might not called i walk the line i considered it yeah mm-hmm. yeah I, I it's John Frankenhammer with Gregory Peck, Tuesday Weld. Uh, he plays kind of, again, you know, a governing functionary who is not that quite that honest. It's about a, a rural sheriff who falls for a moonshiner's daughter, and uh, Tuesday Weld does an excellent job in it. Uh, very offbeat, and it's, and it's fun. And Five songs by Johnny Cash. How about that? There you go. I love that. And something called I Walk the Line. That's I words. Walk the Line. <laughs> yeah. And I'll just throw two more out, you guys. Uh, you can check them out if you want. They're, they're really uh, northern things, Minnesota, Michigan, uh, Far North, 1988, directed by Sam Shepard, and Lake Boat, 2001, directed by Joe Mantega, uh, Goomba, yeah, they're both <laughs> worth checking out. Bunker, Excellent. Great services you always never to the show. Sir. <laughs> yeah, thank you. You love your topic, love the show. I got I got a footnote for you. Shoot. Yes. Two weeks ago you said character actors, so I studied up a list of character actors. Right. Earlier this week you said horror movies. I studied up horror <laughs> movies. Oh my god. Uh this morning I heard this word Charles Durning and I went, Oh my God. 
But thank you guys. What a beautiful. Well, story. remember we said Purim movies about Purim also this week. Did oh, you yeah. study Purim movies? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll let you guys go. Pur- Thanks. The, the movie called Purim at the OK Corral. Or thank you, sir. Like Have that, a great so. weekend. All right. Have a great time. Okay. Thanks. Have you a good weekend. Seven forty-seven. Let's get another uh, go visit some of our great sponsors. Uh, the boys from Vero's Italian Bakery will be here and. Uh, uh, they're coming up with St. Joseph's pastry for us, nice. and then uh, I have uh, we have representative state representative uh, Quang Wen coming up at eight thirty-seven. He's uh, for uh, he's up in the Yavapai County area, and he has a bill about the fentanyl crisis that he wants to talk about. So, wake up Tucson, ten thirty. The voice, local news and talk. Seven fifty-two in the morning. We're counting down the top ten Charles Durning flicks with the movie guy. The movie guy, Mark Van Buren. I have to uh, disguise my voice because I guess I have a very distinctive. You accent. do not that I have an accent, but you know. Sure, when you say Rochester, Rochester, New York. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be up there. You'll, you'll see him in all of his glory with uh, his team and a bunch of horses this weekend at Rito Racetrack. Absolutely. Uh, gates open at eleven on Saturday and Sunday. First race is at one. PM. So yep. I was just out there on Sunday and it was just magnificent. It is, it's been a really, really good season and the track's in such great shape. The f- actual surface, uh, Vic Oliver does a great job with that and uh, we're really proud of uh, the track and everything that we're doing to try to promote uh, safety for not only the horses but also for the jockeys as well. No, very, very good. All right, we're doing top 10 Charles Durning movies. Uh, which one are we on now? Home for the Holidays is number six. Uh, is done in 1995 and it stars uh, Robert Downey Jr., Geraldine Chaplin, Claire Danes, Anne Bancroft, Holly Hunter, um, funny movie and it, very similar in nature to uh, to a lot of movies where uh, you know uh, you go home again you know as an adult and uh, she does and char- and uh, and Durning plays the father the patriarch of the family and right. he's put on a little bit of weight since we uh, since his earlier days and uh, they're having Thanksgiving dinner and just the Thanksgiving dinner like I forget who's carving it but <laughs> they start carving it and somehow they're very awkward in doing so and it flips right on the Holly Hunter's lap and it's just hilarious and Charles Durning is just laughing up a storm and, and just a just a the, the stuff, the friction that goes on between families, especially at holiday time, sure. because everybody wants it to be perfect, and it never is, is it? You well, know, so we've been that. talking about that one for years. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it reminds me of that uh, Al Pacino scene where uh, you know they go to Thanksgiving dinner and they start fighting, and you know that kind of thing. I, I think that's a pretty. Um, I think that's a theme that's common throughout the United States. I, again, everybody wants it to be perfect. You want holidays to be perfect. You want your kids to remember them. And then, uh, you know, somebody has too much to drink and somebody misbehaves and what have you. And sure. this is this is just like that. Home for the Holidays done in 1995. The, the, as we like to say, the holiday brings together people. It forces people together who have unresolved issues. It does, right. doesn't it? And then that's exactly what it someone does. has one or two extra pisco sours and loosens <laughs> yeah, the pisco tongue. Pisco sours, and that always gets you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah, we've all seen that. I mean, I remember that one scene in Avalon. Remember, uh, they cut the turkey before he got there. You know, they they were waiting two hours, and all the kids are hungry, so they started eating. And I, I forget the actor's name, but he comes in, uh, and uh, he said, "You cut the turkey." 
And and they said, well, yeah, the kids were hungry. And he goes, I'm leaving. That's it. <laughs> you know, and it's just like, but that's so typical of what happens in families. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, that's what, neat. What's your next one? Next sir? one up was, uh, I just want to touch it. The best little whorehouse in Texas. We already talked about it. Uh, Bunker brought it up. It's done in 1982. Uh, and he plays a politician in this. And he was actually nominated for an Oscar for this, for Best I, Supporting Actor. Actually, I'm going to do yeah. my Johnny Carson again. I did not know that. Yeah, he was. And, 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 and like I said, he sings Dance a Little sidestep and it's just so apropos and Matt might want to look that up as far as uh, you know something that you can use on the show when you're dealing with politicians who don't answer the question love it you know the so, old sidestep exactly so next up is one of my favorite movies that I remember seeing was North Dallas 40 it was done in 1979 it was a football film that um, basically exposes some of the things that the NFL didn't want exposed, right? So uh, the idea that you would, uh, a, a guy has a pain and instead of uh, holding him out, you just shoot him up so his knee is numb or whatever and goes out and does it again, right? And so uh, the NFL did not promote this film in any way. And as a matter of fact, they tried to block it because uh, they thought that it was exposing some things that they didn't want out there. And um, uh, Durning plays the, the football coach in this one, and it is really, really well done. Nick Nolte, you mentioned him earlier. Well, he did. But he is fantastic in this movie. Uh, um, and Bo Svensson is in it, uh, Alan Altry. Um, it's just, it, it's a good football flick, and, it, and I think for the first time, it really kind of exposed the kind of things that go on for the sake of money. So we, we've seen recently, like in the last 10 years, right, movies about the concussion problems in the sure, NFL, right? absolutely. And so this is, this, is, this is like the proto-film in relation to the NFL. And part of it, the NFL, I'm sure they'll say they were ignorant, but they knew what, no, you know, they by, knew what was going on. And, and this, this was a very common place. I, I think, uh, I, I guarantee, I mean, Gail Sears was probably one of the best football players I've ever seen play. And it was unfortunate, but he had, he had I think, like four or five knee surgeries and stuff and the things that went on. And, and I wouldn't doubt very seriously that uh, probably a couple times they said, hey, just, you know, just pop this in your knee and everything will be fine. And, you know, that's just dangerous as all get out. All right, let's do this. Let's take a, we're going to take a phone call and then I'm going to keep Mark for the first quick first segment to finish off this list. Then the boys are going to be here from Vero's. Mark, uh, sorry, Mark. Uh, Matt, can you put, uh, put our umpire John on? Umpire John calling from 140 inches of snow. What you got for me, buddy? I'm, I'm, yeah, I got a dog that's escaping because he can climb over the snow berms that coat the fences. So, nice. Oh, know. there you go. Don't eat there the yellow snow, it. though. Yeah. Oh, I tell you, yeah. <laughs> uh, th thank you, Frank Zappa and the Mothers of Invention. There you go. <laughs> um, I'm sure this one's on your list because you're getting near the end, but I'm going to go with Choir Boys. I was uh, coming out of college the year that one came out in 77, and it was so funny. It is not on my oh, list, so uh, keep going. Oh, okay. Well, you got a very young James Woods. Burt Young uh, just rolled out of Rocky. He's one of the cops. And this was during the period where a bunch of Joseph Wamba novels were making it into the films. Okay. And it's a bunch of cops and just the antics they get into. And I'm going to keep Matt. Oh, I'm going to be very careful Thank talking you. about the Hadleys. They keep talking about the Hadleys, the female Hadley and the male Hadley that are in it and their nicknames. But it was just a scream. I will have to check so. this one out because I'm not familiar with the film. I mean, I can't believe Bert, okay. Bert Young played a character named Scuzzy. 
Amazing. John, great suggestion. Have a good weekend. Uh, we'll come back. We're going to finish up the movie. And then I just saw the, uh, the Italian pastry just rolled in. God bless us, everyone. everyone. <laughs> Wake up, Tucson.